0: Welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on Everything Escape Rooms. This week for our Designer Spotlight series, we are joined by Michelle and Yassine of Society of Curiosities. Woo!
1: Hello. 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 And welcome. This might actually be the new year, too, right? It might are we be. In the new year. Yeah. Your That's name is Errol. Exciting. My and name I'm Amanda. Yeah. My name is Errol. <laughs>
0: See, I'm Amanda uh,
1: Me, <laughs>
0: yeah. Man fans, and and we are joined today by, Mich- as I said, Michelle and Yassine of Society of Curiosities. And we're very excited to finally get them on our Designer Spotlight Series, because we've, as we've said before, we've talked to you quite a bit now. and All I've, the time! I got to I like. work with Michelle in the Escape Jam. It was super fun. I just so, talked to yeah. Michelle
1: in my head half the time. It's yeah. amazing. Imagining
0: all the great conversations. <laughs>
1: It's like Michelle also joins us for our Escape Enthusiast Meetup, so for any of you who have joined that, you will see her there she's usually working too so in case you are seen is thinking what is she doing is she not working no no <laughs> she is working hard i'm working yeah. you know i think and then she'll also show us all the different things that she's working on but you might be thinking to yourself what is she working yeah. on because so. somebody is talking too much
0: <laughs> so michelle and you see why don't you introduce yourselves and talk about uh, all about society of curiosities and what it is and where it came from
2: Yes, uh, I'm Yasin, uh with Michelle. So, Society of Curiosities is a um, Solve a Mystery by Mail series. Um, we started working on this last year, 2019, um, <laughs> because we're in the escape room business originally. We uh, owned the Kawhi Escape Room, uh, which we decided... <laughs> To close in March because of the ongoing um, yeah. pandemic. So. Oh, he's showing our envelope.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like photo bombing it with your stuff. Sorry. Yeah, so Perfect. we were
2: we were working on that already last year, and when the pandemic hit, we went full throttle, hit the gas. So we were a few weeks away from having a finished product already, uh, and we took our escape room experience and put it into uh, games that you can play at home um, that have that same uh, feeling of exploring a space and finding things.
0: That's awesome. Cool. And, yeah,
1: and, and also you're seeing from Canada. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: And sadly, I know, I know Michelle. And was, we're from
1: Canada too, in case yes. people don't well, know that. In case it wasn't
0: painfully aware already, as we mentioned. <laughs> Why is we it painfully it
1: aware? That- <laughs> what? We mentioned what? it a lot. What if we're... this is their first time listening and they don't? Okay, know that.
0: but the listeners' first time listening, you mean. Yeah, not yeah, okay. not all. Well,
1: might be Yassine's first time listening or Michelle. My,
0: my
3: mom matter. will listen, so she'll really know. This, <laughs> That's so true. Forget. There you go. <laughs> all right, so we my are. Michelle's
1: Otto, mom.
0: Canada. <laughs> We too, we, uh, I heard from Michelle that that you missed your usual trip this year so far because of the pandemic, which is sad. I agree. I just found out that I could order Montreal food to be delivered to Toronto. And I'm seriously. From Montreal? Concerned. Yeah. Schwartz's what? deli and everything. Yeah. Oh, oh, Good. oh, okay. And bagels. I thought it was,
2: okay. Uh,
3: what okay. do you oh mean? Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. We, we yeah. learned how to make cheese curds so we can make mm. poutine at home. Nice. Yes, I saw I that. Made, like, Getting two gallons of milk from Costco and making cheese curds so we have fresh squeaky cheese poutine.
1: Oh, wow, that is cool. <laughs> that is
3: commitment. Everything we do, we go a hundred percent everything. <laughs> from games to cheese curds. So so
1: do people come over then and wonder what you're eating? And it's like, oh just have some poutine.
3: You know, that's kind of cool about a pandemic is we don't have to invite anyone over. <laughs> True. More that cheese curds
0: for ourselves. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you you mentioned as you mentioned uh, you used to have an escape room uh, like a, a brick and mortar one, and we luckily we got to play the game before it completely closed down. Um, so what was it? So first, I guess, um, what introduced you to the escape room world, and uh, as a follow up, I guess, when you decided to go to a uh, paper. Like, take home puzzle game. Um, what were some of the more interesting differences that you found with designing for that one versus designing for an in person one?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, that's like the whole episode right there. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: And go. So, that's why to... we invited you. It's all good.
3: <laughs> we'll just keep talking now. Have a break, have a coffee, yeah, <laughs> so... go, grab a, go grab a coke. You know, <laughs> it started in 2015. Uh, we were in Montreal, go Canada, and uh, our friends suggested this escape room and they said we might like it. So uh, we went, we played with his mom, and immediately I'm like, when can we go again? Like, yeah. when's the next game?
2: Yeah, so um, so we built then an escape room and we have a 30-foot Airstream trailer, so we built a Witches Den for Halloween that year, oh, cool. and our friends came over and they played, they had fun. And we're like, we're you know, the spare bedroom? <laughs> ha- uh, Valentine's Day serial killer. And so we, sorry,
1: and- did you do this in Montreal or back was when back home in Hawaii? Okay, so when you were back in Hawaii. Oh, okay, cool. Continue. And, sorry.
2: Um, and then
1: Michelle said, you know, there might be a market for this. We should consider
2: going commercial. And I was like, no way. Uh uh-uh, uh it's not a thing escape rooms are not a thing uh, in 2015 very few people knew about them right maybe yeah, yeah. If you spoke to most people they had never heard of them so to quotation marks <laughs> prove her wrong i set up a fake website with fake games and a fake booking system that did not take credit cards but uh, and sure enough within a couple of weeks random people were finding the fake website and trying to book our fake games and i was like eh. <laughs>
0: i'm right yes yeah you know. <laughs> that and, is that is quite the length to go to to prove someone wrong like i'm gonna just make up an identity and make up a business and create a <laughs> creating a website for it even that's that's yeah. uh that's dedication right there <laughs> to yeah, well, he's a uh, he's, uh,
3: what
2: are you i'm a software engineer by <laughs> <laughs> mostly mostly oh, web you? work so it, it was well, first of all, we're both entrepreneurial to start with. So I was actually into the idea of doing it if there is a market. I just didn't think there was a market. So, right.
0: And then so it took you me have... one
2: evening to build a fake website.
0: So what do you do when... Uh, when... I think so we when... have to
2: move this inside. Hold
3: on. <laughs> it's raining so bad. If oh. you can't hear us. We're not getting rained on, but oh, good. Oh, okay. no, no, we, can, we can hear really you just fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: We can hear you perfectly. Yeah. Well, okay.
0: okay, As long as the audio is not crazy. Okay. Well, yeah. that was like a yeah. timeout. I can hear the rain ever so slightly, but not much. Not much oh, at great. all. So great. now
1: I'm sad that we won't see your chickens. Yeah, <laughs> they're
0: probably hiding now. <laughs> yeah, they're out about. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm
1: a fan of eggs. If you didn't know.
0: I think I have heard that a couple times. Yeah. A couple of times.
1: <laughs> so the fact that you have chickens are really exciting to me.
0: So what i saying, so when you when you created this fake website and everything, and then you had to disappoint people, uh, what were their what were their reactions? Were they were they more like, oh, I'm you know I'm coming to Hawaii and I was hoping for some escape room fun?
2: Weird, right? <laughs> I I uh, I don't remember, but it, we did get back to everyone um, saying sorry, it, it's not real. <laughs>
3: and, and you've probably heard this before, but. When escape rooms were first coming into the market, people didn't know what an escape room was. So we had people coming up and thinking we were like recreational marijuana room, even though it's not legal. Like room. Yeah, just like the the ideas of what people thought it was was amazing. Like we'd have people knock (sighs) on the door and be like, "Is it a place I can just go sit?" (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, wow. But you know, Kauai, You know, we're we're basically as Aside from Guam, which is a territory in the United States, we're basically as far away from the U.S. as you can get. So people here don't always know about what's kind of up and coming. So we had a ton of education to do um, to the local market about what the heck opened up in the middle of town.
1: Yeah. <laughs> huh. And, and the I would assume you were, the, you were obviously the first since nobody knew, right? And the only, were you the only escape room in Kauai?
2: On our island, yes, on Kauai, uh, we opened uh, a couple of months after the first one in the state in Honolulu, uh, which is a much much bigger city.
0: Cool, mm-hmm. that's really cool. And so, when once once it opened, uh, people were curious, came by, and then um, I, I I imagine that a lo- a large portion of your players are tourist based and, and that kind of thing. Um, was was that yeah. the case?
3: yeah so it started off with locals coming just being curious um of course we worked it all ourselves in the beginning just to cut the cost because of course it's slow when you start Mm -hmm. and then um, tourists started to come and then we relied on TripAdvisor. once you get good reviews people do anything because the reviews are good so we had like pretty much five star reviews which was great
2: yeah we ended up our four-year run with an average of five stars across the board so
1: Actually, that'd be a good question um, that, you know, people think when they go to Hawaii, it's a great place for beaches and surfing and other things that involve being outside. So and then, you know, you are competing against that. So were you still finding a lot of people just wanted to escape the world? The
0: beaches?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the challenge of uh, having an escape room in Hawaii is you are not the reason they come to Hawaii. <laughs> No matter how good your game is, people will not come for the game. So we saw like a day like this. It's a little rainy. Those are the perfect days. That's when you're like double booking, bringing in extra employees.
2: Uh, and if there's two days of rain in a row, we actually had to wake up early because people like at seven o'clock in the morning, they're like, Oh, it's raining again. I don't want to spend another day in the hotel room with the six kids. And they <laughs> want to book something like fast.
3: They're like oh, panicking wow. for yeah. something to do. Cause as you said, everything's a lot of outdoor activities here. Yeah.
1: And, and so, gotta, how did they find you? How do you, do you do? You, is it in your advertising? Indoor activities, perfect for rain. <laughs> yes.
2: So we figured out uh, on a whim, we set up ads for what to do when it's rainy on Kauai, and you can like mac- have a super high budget because it's per click and no one searches it if it's nice outside. But if it starts raining, we would always show up uh, at the top. So uh, that was our only marketing that really worked. Otherwise the beach wins. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can can see that, yeah.
3: but We would get a couple owners, maybe like we've had about five owners visit us from time to time. And it was always so much fun because we're so isolated here that we don't get to talk escape rooms. None of our friends on islands care. Like, I feel like over half my friends never even played our games. That's okay. That's really. oh for free. Come. Mm -hmm. Like, come play what we create. Uh, And honestly, like, it's fun to be on your podcast because you were one of our, like, two lifelines to the escape room world when we (laughs) we weren't traveling. We would listen to your podcast early on, like, and watch, um, Room escape, room escape artists that those were yeah. our two to be like what's going on in the in the real world that's not like hawaii
2: in the real world
3: <laughs> but when owners came it was so much fun because we'd go out for a beer afterwards and just talk shop and you know how it is you yeah can and complain about
1: enthusiasts i mean that's also a of lot of course. fun too. <laughs> of
3: course yeah.
1: yeah i do i do that anyway you you said something that you know when they wake up at seven in the morning for your clients that when it was a rainy day, then they need something with six kids. So, do a lot. Were a lot of your rooms uh, like child friendly for young people, or how many people could go in there at a time?
2: Yeah, we had a game for up to eight. That was um, non linear, um, pretty friendly to large groups. Played really well, and uh, our games were let's say average difficulty for the escape room world. So, we did uh, tell people fourteen and over if there was not going to be an adult. And then kids younger than that are going to miss a few things and will need assistance. And that worked pretty well. So the people came with like eight and 10 year olds and they would like do two or three things and just enjoy the decor yeah, and, and
3: scavenge
0: kids. Kids are amazing scavengers. They are. Yeah. Uh, we need just like a, it's I don't true. know if it'd be like they're, like I need to pay a child to just. I know like, come because they're already low
1: to the ground and they can see things down. I don't there. know what labor
0: laws that would be <laughs> that would be violating, but you know, you say come for a free fun activity. Yeah, that's that's true.
1: That could also sound creepy if you think about yeah, it. it it's though. Very creepy.
0: <laughs> you tried very to
1: lure young children again.
2: <laughs> I know it's a fun activity for yeah. children.
0: Leave your parents at home. Yeah, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless they're good at logic puzzles. Anyway, so moving on uh, from, from your brick and mortar. So you decided to create a take home uh, puzzle game. And so. What, uh, what prompted you to do that? Was it, had you played them before and you're just wanted to make, you, you just had a burning desire to make one on your own or had you just sort of heard of them and thought you would try it out?
3: Yeah. So we, um, we've played a few, we played the mass market ones and we actually sold a, f- we were very picky on which ones we sold in our escape room, but we sold a few in our escape room cause they're great when you can't play one or when your budget doesn't allow, um, But for us, the big factor was we love creating. We love sharing what we do. But as we as we just said, your reach is fairly low when you live in Hawaii, and Mm. you're not gonna get to share what you do with that many people when you're on a tiny little island. So we wanted to do something that we could share with more.
1: No, I hear that. Actually, that's one of the reasons we stopped doing our large scale events because it was an awful lot of work, Mm. and yet you know it was really only restricted to a few people and and that's it and they were only one time events uh why i run a lot of my large scale, sorry why i run the puzzle hints now is is because you know, there there is that larger reach and uh, and there were a lot of people that would tell us oh i want to try one of your things and so mm-hmm. now i'm not restricted by uh, the locality no i get yeah. that totally
3: kind of like community theater where you rehearse for three months four months mm. and you put on a show for two weekends <laughs> oh yeah and like the whole set all the costumes all that work and then that's
1: it that's, that's it. it yeah, yeah. Nope. i feel I for it.
3: like there's so many amazing games that will never get recognized yeah because they're just not in a place that gets the traffic like i know quebec city does get some traffic but there's an amazing game that we we've played in quebec but it's never going to get on the top charts of places to go just because how many people are going to Quebec?
1: Well, actually surprisingly enough, not that this is going to be a spoiler, but there are a lot, some finalists were from Quebec Mm, and in the Turpricas that I'm talking about. So although this will be later, so fortunately by the time people see this, it won't be any spoilers and I'm not going to say who won because I forgot, but I do know (laughs) logos very well. Yes.
0: Yeah that's that's awesome yeah and yeah but agreed like uh, amongst the enthusiast community we've we've we heard like that like yeah places like quebec city had some amazing games uh you know it's just got to go a bit further than montreal we've been to montreal amazing games there too um and but yeah, like unless unless a ton of people are going there, that's why I'm thankful for. And if they ever do it again, uh, if David and Lisa get their tours up again, I would actually love to go on one uh, because that was my plan. Right. I was actually going to try and go on one of their tours and uh, didn't end up happening. But that's what's great is that they might they bring you to a locale that you wouldn't normally necessarily go to. You'd be with people. You'd have other players with you as well. Convincing That would want to play. Yeah, convincing my friends to go on a, on a trip to another country <laughs> and then mostly play escape rooms is like, you know, most people don't want to do that. No, they <laughs> so don't. having a dedicated group of people who are just, yeah, let's totally play eight escape rooms in one day and, <laughs> and we'll be happy with that. Uh, yeah so so getting traffic to those places i can understand is is quite difficult mm-hmm. so yeah, in society we, yeah
2: <laughs> go ahead we were also intrigued so we uh we played a few before doing market research which got us to play a that few more a lot. <laughs> and then uh, we were very intrigued by the um the idea that you know this is the the real world you're not you're not going into a set
1: like you mm-hmm. don't there's
2: like the suspension of disbelief is is different and we kind of crafted our ideas around the fact that you're at home or at the headquarters, but you don't have to imagine yourself in a different role or a different environment. You are you and you're solving a real life case. Um, And um, that, I think, is something that is slightly different with the play at home games when they're done that way. There's many different styles, Mm -hmm. of course.
0: Yeah, that's that's one thing I did notice with with your. We played your first game. We played it together, and and one thing I I think and you can comment on this.
1: I have it here (laughs) with my address that I showed. (laughs)
0: Yeah, with their address too, no less, and you know.
1: (laughs) No, no, their address is not in here. Oh yes, Aldora Pennywig.
0: So, yeah, that's that's one thing I noticed with with at least when take home games were starting was that the general just was the general tone that they were trying to go for was we can replace we can mimic the immersion that you feel in a brick and mortar escape room, which just it it's not the case. You can't you can't mimic that experience. Um, And so the take home games here is included where I, I do still feel immersed it's because they're they're finding other ways to immerse you uh mm-hmm. into into that without trying to like recreate. Isn't it just like being in a dungeon? This piece of paper <laughs> that has a picture of a dungeon on it, and you're like, no, <laughs> I mean, it's still fun. But if you're gonna try and tell me that I'm in a dungeon, then no. <laughs> Well, she was
3: also asking about the challenges in design. How different yeah. designing um, like a mail order or a paper-based game is from an escape room. Oh, there goes the chicken. There um, goes the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me attention. But it was interesting. When we sat down to start designing, we, we thought it wouldn't be hard. We're like, we've designed pro- like probably eight or nine games prior. So we know what we're doing and how to do it. And then you start to... To design and you're like okay the <laughs> chicken's going off <laughs> you're like, okay you can't touch anything they, there's no surprises like a hidden door opening uh you have to change your whole mindset about what is fun for a player because those big aha those big wow moments in a game that are in retrospect really easy to do right like you just pop in a hidden passage and people are impressed For the most part, you hide it well, and people love it. You can't do that in a paper-based game in the same way.
2: Mm -hmm. And um, I think something that helped us in our design process is I have a Dungeons & Dragons background. um, Yay! uh, What became, for a short while, the biggest D&D blog on the internet from 2007 to 2010, before it it became cool again. And then I did some freelance writing for Wizards of the Coast. I was like really immersed in that. Like game master like telling a story by you know and everyone has to just making people buy in just by your words or your text and all that which is very
1: different than the
2: immersiveness of the physical escape room
1: so do you still you know dm for games on the internet
2: yeah this year has been slow uh without the 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 weekly gathering or i should say monthly but yeah uh, i had the game for the holidays with my friends from montreal Yay. Uh, we just
1: went off. and uh, yeah it's, it's always fun so the one i have in my hand i think is your first one was this your very first one and now you're up to i know you have a we'll talk about your kickstarter as well but you how many games have you sent out since this first one
3: So there have been three main mysteries and we're getting ready to sit out a fourth. And then we had two online mysteries as well. So you don't have to wait for something to arrive in the mail. You can just start playing whenever, wherever.
1: Nice.
2: Yeah. And actually the, one of the online digital only mysteries is free when you subscribe or if you buy it before you get that discounted from the subscription. So we do want people who are excited to play. (laughs) Like we want to give them something right away until they get the,
1: a big tangible uh, package yeah well that to- that makes total sense and now that you are like veterans and making these take-home mm-hmm. escape room games what are yeah what are some of the things that you've learned now that you've sent them out or maybe no. it's just like you've been doing it perfect every ever for a whole time I so. say it. <laughs>
2: <talking about> <laughs>
3: I mean, mean, even with escape rooms, we would be tweaking our room two years in. Like, players change. And it's really weird that you see ebbs ebbs and flows of things people do in a room. You can have a room for one year and no one tries something. And all of a sudden in one week, three people are trying the same thing. I I don't know how that works, but it does. So one thing that was kind of eye-opening for us was the caliber of players are out there. You know, we see... A lot of people on this island, they're not puzzlers. They're not advanced, like puzzle hunt, really experienced puzzlers, as well as the tourists. Often a tourist, it's like their first or second game ever. So the low hanging fruit is almost just perfect for those people. You can have, you can have a story driven game. You can be immersive. Everything can be within the story and you really craft that. But the puzzles themselves are usually very basic because it's new to people. Yep. However, with these games, the first market that we hit were the puzzle people, and they are truly puzzle people, and they are amazing because they've experienced so much, and they're so well-versed in puzzles. So that was a learning curve. Uh, we, added a, we had a cipher in the game, and what we didn't expect is people will sit down and solve a cipher without the key. Like in an yeah. escape escape room, you would never do that. You're like, okay, here's a cypher. I, I expect down the road they'll tell me how to do it because you got an hour. Whereas our games don't have a time limit. So people are like, right. Yes, a cipher. I'm gonna crack this.
0: And you're like, no, play by the rules that aren't spoken anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one thing we we will often we will wait in in an escape room, we will wait for that cipher key, even though We generally know how to crack it or how to solve it, but that's because we don't want to mess up the flow and we don't want to skip a puzzle. So Mm -hmm. we will wait for it. Like we'll wait till they provide us the information and then we'll put in the answer just so that we don't get lost, and suddenly we've skipped three puzzles, and now we now the game, you know, host doesn't know where we are in the room, and and now we don't know where we are in the room, no and uh, and and that has happened before, so we we learned our lessons that yeah. way. It was really nice
1: in one room we saw Morse code, it's like, oh crumbs, we're gonna have to find the Morse code, and it's like, oh no, it's just on the back. Yay, we don't have to search for the key to Morse code. The answer is this. <laughs>
3: And, yeah. Yeah, and there's those people that are like, "I have it memorized." You're like, "No, wait." <laughs> don't wait
2: no. Uh,
3: so we learned from that. Um so our first game had a cipher that could be cracked, and now we reversed it. So you don't get the cipher until you know how to crack it. So it's a simple, right. it's a simple little fix. Mm-hmm. But um
0: oh, ah, so you give the key first and then yeah, or, the actual know, message to- later.
3: To- Yeah, and that's simple, right? Like, in which we're still not doing really, really hard puzzles because we want to be accessible to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. um we can find ways of gating the gating the puzzles so the more advanced players can't crack it early <laughs> no no also, well, the
2: time uh, thing <laughs> is interesting because people one thing we didn't know coming from the escape room world where all the games or most of the games are now is people do burn out after an hour of puzzling or after 90 minutes of puzzling so uh we added artificial breakpoints or semi-artificial when like act one is done. It's like it's a good time to take a right. break uh, in a story, of course. But and then you have to text continue to the, the character in the game to get the next step. So a lot of people take us up on taking the breaks and then they pick it up the next day or or even 30 minutes later, mm-hmm. uh, because we uh, our games. You have to interact with the characters, your team on the ground. So we get to see a log of all the messages that come in.
0: That's right. I, I wondered I remember we we played your game and uh we we did have to message we had to yeah, text somebody and and I thought it was some sort of auto-responder. No, no, it was it was you guys because like we got a text back from you and then uh we started working on things and I got another text like how you doing and and <laughs> we're like that, did you... that might not have been us though no that's, <laughs> no, no that's
2: probably automated when the game is new you played it pretty early uh, okay we get notifications that the ai didn't know what to do <laughs> so we can't jump in and reply but it's even at the first it's 90 percent, and over time it becomes 100 percent automated
3: and we like the oh, traffic huh. of our players like <laughs> it's fun to build that into the a like the ai like you can have a character being like, "Hey, can you hurry up on that?" Like, it's yeah, really
1: yeah.
0: I think it, so yeah. Fun. I think it was like you know, the bad thing is coming. Like, oh, yes. I seriously, right <laughs> the heck now? And and I was stressing out, and I was like, "We're fine." <laughs> <laughs> the bad thing is coming. <laughs> That's just built in. We're yeah. like, you know, if it
3: were real life, what would the person say? Would they just wait for you, or what? What the response be? So we program it to come after so long to be like, hey, really, like, this is really happening. <laughs> so we just really put ourselves in the position of the team on the ground and what's going on and how would they respond to whatever is happening.
2: When people <laughs> yeah. ask the team on the ground, hey, what, what do you think we should do with this? And they're like, well, I thought that was your job <laughs> because, you know, we can't solve the puzzles for them. <laughs> Uh,
0: Technology is amazing. So, speaking of that, that kind of segues into the, the other thing that you incorporate, and I've seen incorporated into other play at home games are some uh, ARG elements. Right? It's not just about the puzzles on the table. There's also things on the internet that you have to search, uh, and you've and you've made up uh, fun websites and everything that people can check out. And I I found that when other people were um, when my teammates were busy solving, I might just be reading the website to see all the other stuff on it because it's not all of it is an answer, so it's uh, it's kind of fun. So um, when you when you decided to do that, uh, was it? was it a uh, another way to immerse players uh, like kind of bring bring the real world a bit we of We know real that you scene
1: has the ability to make fake escape rooms Yeah, websites. So
0: now that I know that you make like <laughs> fake escape fake websites all the time apparently uh, <laughs> so this must have been a piece of cake
2: <laughs> Yeah this it's uh, it's a great way to uh, add some immersiveness Yeah, have people ask themselves like is this real or is this part of the game that's always a fun moment um, and uh, it's a great gating mechanism, so you don't overload people with 20 different things to look at at the beginning of the game, and they get a five or six things, and then at some point, they find a website, and then you can take a few minutes to read the website or like try to see if any one page is um, important. Um, and one thing that's stressful about that, though, so a lot of our website content through our games, you don't get the actual URL, you don't get a website address. So you have to Google it. And when we, oh, set no. up, when we set it up. We have to uh, hope that Google does their part of the bargain and they pick it up and they don't serve some other random content. Uh, so it's always a stressful moment during <laughs> beta testing. It's like you have the right idea, but I just built this like six days ago and Google has not picked it up yet. So <laughs> we hope that by launch time,
3: uh, so. we've even, there's been one website that it didn't pick up consistently. So we had to buy ads for the web for that place. So when you Google this term, the ad for the site pops up. And then you get there. And that was just kind of like a mechanism until it really kicked in, but we don't want our players
0: being totally lost either yeah it's, it's, it's almost hilarious. like what you need to do is like get all of your friends who are never going to play your games and just get them to google the terms of that, yeah. so that it can speak and click on your website so that the, the traffic can go up a bit oh my gosh wow. oh my gosh that must be stressful so you,
1: you both should be really good at, at seo now right is that what
0: <laughs> there, there are so many funny
3: conversations where we're trying to come up with words that make sense but are obscure enough to register at a search
2: (laughs) yes you'd be surprised if you tried to find the name of a fictitious character and you are literally making up words but that's someone's name
0: someone's name there's their linkedin profile exactly
2: (laughs) um yeah it's more time consuming than you would think
0: (laughs) and so you have um you have what is it? Four games I'm just on your site right now, uh, and that's fun. One of the other things I saw was uh, in Maddox Treasure was that you you did incorporate some fun actual like history in there as well. Um, is that a theme throughout all of your games, or was it specific to that one?
3: Yeah, for Society of Curiosities, everything is you know reality based. So kind of going back to Errol's question about the ARG stuff. That's part of it, right? Is making it para- really closely parallel to the real world. So uh, we do a ton of research, even down to like our last game, I have had to research handwriting. So, like, Ooh. you know, this took the game starts in the rainforest of Brazil in the 1930s in an archaeological camp. So uh, there's letters written by the archaeologist. and. It's in handwriting, but I had to research what handwriting would he have learned in the you know early 1900s to write that letter. And then we hired someone who was a specialist in that type of handwriting. Wow! To make the note real.
2: And Michelle does a, um, not. A, well, she does some research, and we buy things from auction websites. We're like, we don't want to buy your furniture <laughs> or your uh, ancient map. Can you scan it or send us a picture so we get the rights of real antique objects and things that match the timeline?
0: And- yeah, some people are like, what? And some people are like, sure, I'll take your money. <laughs> well, it's it's a good example. Like, it's the thing I always bring up when, when people bring up like, oh, but it, like, you don't need to put like, I, why do I have to put so much into narrative? Because nobody's going to notice it. And it's true. Nobody's going to notice that you hired a special uh, you Write like a, a calligrapher to to match handwriting from the same time period, but the end result of it is is something that that they will benefit from because that they'll just feel that much more into it when they actually play the game.
1: Or and, you're going to find the one person that does yeah, notice it. Yes. Exactly,
0: so exactly. this is for this is for the handwriting historian nerd out there who. Uh, who <laughs> will look at it and be like, ah oh, yes, Brazil, nineteen thirties. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is correct. <laughs> yeah. We um we have one image. Maybe it could be
3: an Easter egg for anyone listening. We have one image in one game that we know is about 3 years off. 3 years off. And someone called us on it.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. 1800s, mind you. It's not like
3: 1995 or whatever where something significant happened that you would know about. This is from the mid
0: 1800s. There's an image and it's 3 years off and they knew. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I I, I what am I One of my many nerdy habits is, like, uh, I'll watch YouTube videos on, like, historian analyzes uh you know historical movies or like uh like yeah. that kind of thing and movies are are the worst i just love watching them because they're usually like 200 years off right like they're they're just so yeah. vastly <laughs> off that uh sometimes it doesn't even happen the same millennia i don't know but uh yeah but people will know like right down to the to the like month that something should have happened a
1: long time ago i used to be part of a nerd band and we'd sing about nerd things and we knew that if we got anything wrong the nerds would tell us so you know and so fortunately there'd be things i liked about so if i were going to sing about totoro then i should know what that is but you know if it if there was a slight detail off, then it's just like, ah, oh, just give up. Everything's wrong. So,
3: yeah. Well, you think you know things, right? And then you realize someone else knows more than you think you know.
0: So, you better, you <laughs> better
3: check
1: and make
0: sure you got it right. Mm-hmm. So, how much time do you spend, like, of the game design process? How much time is spent on research?
3: Wow. Um
2: roughly Gosh, a third? A
3: third or so. I mean the research is gone going throughout. So, you know, we start our design with the big moments, like the fun parts that we want people to be excited and delighted with. Uh and then then we kind of that we figure out the story basically. And then we kind of work backwards, the puzzles go into the story about what would make sense here what's fun for people what haven't we done in the past Mm -hmm. and then as we start to design things that's when we do a ton of the research of like well what would what would this item look like uh we dig deep of we dig deep in like just items from the past to create things that look similar to them or historical buildings or just items from history so a lot happens during the design process as we're creating each element
2: Yeah. There's a big part of design um, and research that's sourcing. Michelle does a lot of work to find either the right manufacturer or the right image or the right object, um,
3: or the right person to make the image. Yeah. If we, if you know.
2: So we we have uh, blog articles for a couple of our games that list all the artists that go into making a game. That's a good example of. Uh, uh, yeah. All the moving parts that come together for the right feel.
3: And the most recent one had like five different mm-hmm. artists or more that we kind of okay. hired for different things just just to get the game as authentic as possible. So cool. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's crazy. I mean, we we Google the craziest things. Like, it's not a spoiler to say about that.
2: No, 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 okay. of course.
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah, like one of them ones is do tigers have hairballs like that was a google that we find ourselves doing and you know answer
1: a spoiler
3: no
2: no the answer is not often but they do happen oh
3: good to know know. now we know this is happening all the time
0: all the time we're googling (laughs) obscure crazy crazy things yeah well see you you, what is it you make paper too right that's that's what Yeah,
3: so there's one component I needed a specific paper for. So I learned how to make paper for that one component. Ridiculous. And and then it's just like a lot of ordering a bunch of things and feeling it. You know, like we don't want to do a game where you get five, ten sheets of paper in the game and they all feel the same from different sources. So everything's harder living here because we can't just go to a print shop because the print shops here are really basic. So we're always ordering samples and calling people. And I mean, every game is a new puzzle for us to solve, (laughs) like sourcing things. We're always out of our element because it's something that's real world specific, not escape room specific. (laughs) So we're calling people being like, so I need this. I don't know the name of it, but this is what I need. Can you do it? (laughs) And these are like big companies who work with professionals in their field every day, having like this random person calling sounding like a complete idiot.
2: Yeah, and they're like, "Yes, we can do it if you take a ludicrous quantity of it." Yeah, like, like
0: thirty-two thousand is the minimum. And we're like, "Oh, cool, cool." So, how about fifty? How we how we feel about that? Number? Uh, yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, uh, fun. and Michelle uh, had a few days of battling. Uh, Um, aging paper some of the components are hand aged to get the the right feel and not all paper ages the same you cannot just buy random paper at walmart and put it in the oven and hope for the best so we have our paper that ages really fast are that slightly (laughs) yellows some that you can burn the edges uh, some
1: that you have to stain wow Uh, this could be a whole blog post on how to age different types of paper yeah
3: And I've gone down that route with wax seals, too. So for our fairy tale Files, which is our Kickstarter we did, um, the collector's edition has a breakable wax seal. So that's like old, old school where the wax seal is not plastic. It's actually like a resin-based wax seal. And when you open it, it actually cracks. And, of course, that's the original purpose of the wax seals is to, you know, provide proof of tampering. So I've ordered like 10 different sealing waxes and did this whole experimentation on which one which one cracks has the best presses the best which one cracks the best so we're always doing these crazy experiments
2: mostly she we mostly. He's
3: doing the programming so he's doing like the brainy the brainy like get there and actually make things work work
1: i, I, <laughs> I do remember know. sorry that when you were on one of our enthusiast chats you were sewing off your collection of seals
0: yes oh, i do yes. remember that yeah yes. That's yeah, cuz you had your you have your Society of Curiosity seal and then you were comparing it with the other seals that you that you had bought for yeah, yeah. I guess collection purposes or experimentation purposes or
3: yeah, yeah. just cuz they're pretty purposes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're pretty. Yeah. You mentioned, so you just mentioned this, uh, you, you've had great success with society of curiosities and you've just finished a Kickstarter, uh, a very successful Kickstarter. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? What's, what's that one's focusing on? Yeah.
2: Yes. So, uh, our Kickstarter was for the Fairy Tale files, a series of lighthearted mysteries based on iconic fairy tales. Um, so essentially taking the stories that everybody knows adding a murder in there and <laughs> um and then having a little like investigation around it so light-hearted it's kind people murder and fun not, not
3: lighthearted yeah, yeah light-hearted. not like
2: uh, rated r murders just like 13 uh, plus murders
3: <laughs> you're
1: like like you would like murder she wrote murders
2: yeah yeah, yeah. so I can give the synopsis, right yeah so one of them, as um, one of um, Cinderella's stepsisters, is found murdered with a the heel of a glass slipper. Um, mm-hmm. Another one is um, the candy shop proprietor is found like incinerated in think, the oven, and Hansel. I think and that's
0: grilled. the one I'm getting is the Hansel uh, and Gretel one. Yeah, <laughs>
2: like that. And we have uh, it was so much fun brainstorming for that. We have a ton of ideas of what we want to do, and of course, only a small fraction is going to yeah. make it into the games. But.
3: I, but that's the thing is the society is so rooted in rea- reality. Because it's so important to us to make it feel real, that the fairy tale files is basically the exact opposite for us. We get to, you know, take a very loose fairy tale, which has already been lost in translation anyway. Like, <laughs> who knows what's real? And we get to have complete creative license with it and we get to make everything up, which is so much fun.
0: That is so much fun. So, yeah, so I imagine, do you feel, um, with when with designing for these ones do you feel a bit freer in your design ideas because it's less grounded in reality because you yeah because there isn't a history necessarily to adhere to and yeah everybody everybody and their mother has an interpretation of fairy tales Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, (laughs) yeah so i think it's a lot easier to come up with ideas because you don't have as much why questions to answer (laughs) However, I think we're going to have to do a little more work on the visuals mm-hmm. because it's not the real world, so you have to paint more of an image. So that's a little mm. more work and a little more difficult, I think.
3: Yeah. Well, there's every game we do, Fairy Tale Files or Society or something else. There's always like the fear of don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. Fairy Tale Files is going to be different because it's so much more creative and storytelling, um, because it's a fairy tale, but we have so many people who backed us because they love society of curiosities that we want them to be happy. Uh, and so every game, every society game, Errol, you probably know this too, when you design games, like there's a huge pressure. Cause people know you for what you do. Uh, they either love you or hate you for it. Hate, so hate, they hate, hate you. That's actually great. Cause you have nowhere <laughs> to go but up, but if they love you, like you want them to continue loving you. So Every game, we had this filter of like, what are they going to love? Like, how do we keep them happy?
2: <laughs> uh, we uh, we we get alerts when the the first person plays the first game, like the first <laughs> time it's in the wild. We get an alert. It's very exciting and nerve wracking. Mm-hmm.
3: Ooh. We could, we could ask Errol because Errol knows about a lot about beta testing because he's in it right now. We can talk about the fun of beta testing.
1: Oh boy. yeah, so we much. should always
0: talk <laughs> about beta testing. So yeah, here's Very a important. here's, a, here's a good question because you guys have mentioned um, that you are on an island with uh, not maybe as big of a network of of players at your disposal. How how do you go about beta testing, like sending out those materials and that kind of thing? Do you mail physical materials to people or do you try and get them to do kind of a print and play version of some sort or a digital version that they can uh, get their hands on? It, it's everything. Uh, everything. It depends on what we have. Um,
3: so some parts of the game we don't need to have a physical component and other parts you have to have that item because it's it's the item specific for that puzzle. Um, So it all depends. The funny thing is, is like, we have a few enthusiasts that we could tap into here, but then they keep buying our game. And then (laughs) we don't, we do not beta test with our players because they're paying us. So like, we keep losing our beta Mm -hmm. testers. (laughs) So we're like, no, don't, don't buy. Like, let us, let us, or maybe it's just such a bad experience beta testing that they're like, I'll buy it when it's better (laughs) because... (laughs) <laughs> it is like the beta, Your first beta, the first person to try your game, you almost have to apologize in advance. You're like, I'm so sorry. Will you please try
0: this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true, right? Like as, as you guys get more popular, people are going to want to play the real game. And, and suddenly this pool of beta testers starts to shrink. So how, um, how have you found your beta tester so far for your Kickstarter, for instance? Mm-hmm. We haven't beta tested that yet. Um,
3: we we had people um, fund us Game Unseen because we wanted to see if people wanted the game. We didn't want to build a game and then go to a Kickstarter. Right. Um, so we kind of went backwards from a lot. But we have used so many methods. We've called on friends. We've called on family. We've called on enthusiast groups. Uh, we've done everything. And what we do now, since we divide our games into three parts, we actually test everything most actually all our parts can almost be played separately so we test every part separately now so there's not one person in the beginning who gets stuck with like a two hour long crappy game (laughs) like they might get (laughs) one hour hour crappy because it's just honestly a game's never good until you polish i've never made anything that's amazing straight out the gate straight out the gate no no it's impossible it's impossible Yeah. I mean, I think I could do it. I believe I could if I just played the hits. If I just took <laughs> the puzzles that I know I have done before and people can do and made a really basic beginner level game, it's totally doable. But when you're trying to stretch and try to create something new. Yeah. That's so
1: hard. Oh, my goodness.
3: Yeah. How about Errol? How about you? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> By now, it will have been done. By now, like in the future
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this your we
1: don't have to talk about it now because this is a side of a curiosity's time we can talk about when the thing's over then i can tell you all sorts of fun stories
0: needless to say errol errol is testing out a game right now and um i actually Recorded myself. I, I played one of the first versions of the of the completed game. So by the time people play the the finalized version, it's going to be quite a, the puzzles are going to be quite a bit different from from what I played, and uh, but needless to say, it has generated reactions and Errol's having a ball watching watching the well watching the reactions but also like it's interesting to see where people get tripped up and to have this live chat of beta testers who are just constantly giving their feedback and to pick out the common threads like I had problems with one puzzle and I'm the only one that had problems Mm -hmm. with that puzzle right uh I think yeah and beta testing
3: is selecting your group well I mean knowing who the game is for and selecting samples for that like For us, the hard part is we people keep buying our game after beta testing, but we want to beta test with some people who have already played our games with the society, especially because it's a subscription service. So you get four episodes in one year and that's that has an overarching story. So the first game, we can hold your hand a little more. You learn the mechanisms, you learn the world, you learn the possibilities. And by the second, third and fourth game, you understand how we work. So when we give our games to someone who is brand new, who's never tested with us, but it's the fourth fourth of of the series, the problems they run into, like not knowing to Google something are not problems that our experienced players should be
0: having. Right.
1: (laughs) Uh, Knowing your audience is like, is really hard if you start to run out of the audience to beta test with, right? And it's... And then, and then sometimes, like, when you do, as you are talking about, you're starting something brand new with your fairy tale. Like, you don't really know if they'll like it or will this suddenly reach a whole new audience because it's fairy tales. And people, that, that brings with it a fan base that's like, oh, I'm totally going to buy this. I don't know what it is. And then all of a sudden, it's like, there are puzzles here? What on earth is happening? <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, it's so hard.
3: Yeah, well, we built the fairy tale files with a larger market, intent um our goal is once we fulfill our backers on kickstarter is that we we get it we get the whole production streamlined so it can be produced out of house and then we can sell it to escape rooms to sell to their players so something a little smaller of a box a little more shelf worthy like our our society is meant to feel like a real world thing so it comes in an envelope addressed to you whereas the fairy tale files is not going to be as personal it's more of a box game with our, with still our style of mystery. Yeah. So we've built it with that in mind. And once again, it's a whole different audience. It's mm-hmm. not. It's it might be a little easier for the enthusiasts, but those aren't the people that are visiting most escape rooms. Yeah.
1: No, exactly. totally. Totally understand. So much fun. Hey? Oh, it so is. much
3: fun. <laughs> All right, the beta right. testing. Like there should be a beta test support group where you call someone and you're like, hey, I'm beta testing tonight. Are you available afterwards to cheer me up?
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh wow. Maybe. Well, like, s-
0: similar similar to that. I, I mean like it's it's not even just beta testing necessarily. When you create anything, when you when you do anything creative, uh recently I had to I, I'm still I can get back to it now. I'm writing a script, right? And I, uh, in, during the summer, I had workshops for it. So my very first workshop, it's very much like a beta test in which we do a reading and people react to it and they tell me what they got. They tell me what they didn't got, They tell me if they understood the story. And it had been, you know, I'd been, I'd been at, in the acting world and the, the writing world for a few years, but it had been a while since I had anything of mine workshopped. And it's frightening. And the very first workshop I had, they decimated it like just but in a very constructive way. They were all professionals. They were all actors and writers themselves. So they they would bring up what they brought up, what they liked. But you're right. And and I and I have my I I always allocate myself two days after a, a workshop to have my 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 pity party. And then once the pity party's done, I can actually look at, go back to my notes and look at the criticism objectively, more objectively and think, oh yeah, they were right. That totally doesn't work. Uh, I (laughs) should, I should change that. But it's, it's hard when, when, you know, this thing you've poured your heart into, uh, you, you put it in front of these cold judging eyes and people are not afraid to tell you what they think, especially if they're in that community. (laughs) And oh, we actually see the
3: opposite. People are so nice. Uh, maybe Errol, you see this too. Um, I think it's also, you don't want to feel stupid. So like okay. when you're big blessing, you try so hard. And we're like, don't try hard. Like get it. If you're frustrated, get a hint. We want to know when you use a hint, when you feel stuck. And they try so hard that we're like, I don't think this is real world. And, and then, and then of course you have, like you said, that reaction, like that, that kind of like, Visceral reaction. We're like, we need to change it all. None of it's working.
0: Like, it's horrible. And you need a couple days to come off of that to be like, all right. Yeah. When I came off of it, I said they decimated it. But when I go go back to my notes, I'm like, okay, they said like five things. But you you hear like five things, and you're like, well, it's all crap. That's it. Stun it's done. It's done. stutter.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah you gotta look at it subjectively yeah. and be like, okay, that was one test. Like you said with Errol's, you, you're the only one who had a problem. But in that moment, as he watches it, he's probably thinking,
0: oh no, this is awful. It's so bad. Maybe he's Errol not. never yeah. thinks that. Errol's like, yeah. He's like, well, maybe you're just bad at it. No, for for. <laughs> no, Well,
1: no, no, the thing is, no, no, no. I don't. I don't think that at all because I think it's easier with puzzles because it's not so much. Because what I'm looking for is I'm looking for someone who, who there's no way they are going to pick up what I was trying to do because their brain doesn't work that way. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean either our brains are bad. We just all think differently. And so I desperately need to find those people because yeah. it's like, okay, how can I get you there? How can I get you on that track, which is really easy for everybody, everybody else? else. Not everybody else, but for uh, maybe half the people, right? And then there are things that I forget. Like in one of my games, in fact, I'll spoil it now because it's not big of a spoiler. uh, I had one of the, there was a date in it and it's my anniversary. And the very five, the first five people who played it well, we know Errol so
0: well. We you know, know this about him. Is, that it, What is and his anniversary? My
1: anniversary. Yes. And so I didn't even think about it. And then all of a sudden I started to get other people who don't know that. I was like, how do we find this? I was like, well, I told you at the beginning, but you know, it was just at the beginning, almost like an off comment." Like, okay, I got to figure out a way to keep yeah. calling You told them
0: an, an hour ago, and then expected them to remember it. And <laughs> the people who know you did, because they're like, well, this is a game about Errol, clearly. Um, <laughs> he's just putting all the facts of his life in here. Yeah. Um, anyway uh, yeah and and like you said michelle it is it is subjective because like yeah the second read-through i had of that script by the way went swimmingly everybody loved it so it's like but i don't know yeah <laughs> not not changed not changed yeah i, I changed not a thing and oh uh and and then uh, maybe tweaked a couple lines here and there but uh, I wanted to get I wanted to get this I wanted to see what the same script would do to the, to a different group of people first before I made any drastic changes. So right. yeah, it's like it's a beta test, right? You need to actually get it through multiple people to see if the same thing happens. Yeah, one and worry. One,
3: and he has to like talk me like back off the cliff. Yeah, I'm like we're horrible. We should stop. This is yeah. awful. Just go back to a regular job and he's like that
0: was one test <laughs> yeah that, that was test number one and and it doesn't matter how much you prepare yourself for that stuff too right it could happen 50 times to you uh and each time feels like the freshest right each time feels like all right well this time is the time that I'm gonna mm-hmm. be a fraud and I'm terrible so right.
3: yeah but he all the customer support as well because of that <laughs> because every- <laughs> Everything for me is like, oh, no, they had one question. We're awful. And you seems like I will answer your question. <laughs> because everything for me is like either amazing or awful or horrible. Take there's two, refunds. <laughs> there's
2: two big filters in, in my life. One is when we get uh, like reviews or criticism. I have to read it first. Just pick out. Pick out the good parts and then, like, sandwich <laughs> the bad parts between the good parts—the compliment sandwich thing. Yeah. And, and then movies, I go to the like, parental guidance movies and then, like, does the dog die or does someone die <laughs> that you care about <laughs> before I decide to watch it with Michelle?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. Puzzles are interesting. That, in my opinion, it's easy to lose the emotion of a game b- when you're so puzzle focused. Um, in an escape room, people don't want to read. Because right. they want to win, um, and I think that's that's just, that's our challenge for all of us puzzle designers and escape room designers is how to deliver a plot, and kind of make it merge seamlessly with your puzzle, and so. Um, Errol, your thing wasn't as devastating to me because I'm kind of more in an analytical i'm I'm in an analytical mindset versus like an emotional mindset. but your story still came across, but I can handle. <laughs> but you know that's that's our job is how do you get how do you get the emotion, the plot to come through when people are are puzzling? Like we did a proposal yeah. at the escape room mm-hmm. and it was amazing because. The guy hid the ring in the chimney, and it opened up, and he was down on one knee, and there was a little poem he had written, and um, the guy he was proposing to was reading it, and he's like, what does this mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> All romance gone. <laughs>
3: yeah, he's like, I don't I don't know what this means, and he turns around, the guy's on one knee, and he, it doesn't click that he's getting proposed <laughs> to, because... Because he's in puzzle mindset. So the emotion, the love letter, the profusion of love was a puzzle to him.
1: That's the same thing with me in horror games. If there were no puzzles, I'd be petrified. But if there's puzzles there, it's like, I got to solve this. Just, just. Take the chainsaw, man, and just move over for a bit, okay? (laughs) Can you stop
3: that for a second? (laughs) Yeah. I have a puzzle to do. (laughs) super annoying.
1: (laughs) I I remember this one. Sorry, yeah.
2: Oh, yes. That was a great (laughs) one. It no uh, no longer exists, unfortunately, but it was made by people in the haunt industry. They opened an escape room in Honolulu, and one of them was a killer clown, like a chainsaw massacre killer clown, and it was so well done that michelle left before the end she spent half of the game in a corner <laughs> and then their hint system was a creepy marionette like a puppet that talk to that you talked to you by by first names like michelle come here she's like, uh-uh, not- like
3: come closer i'm like no i am not coming closer i, I am- do not need a
2: hint <laughs> uh, that was good uh, we lost. We lost. We lost. Yeah, it's yeah. like
0: I will sit here and lose the game before I come talk to you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh
0: man. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious.
1: One of the hard things about talking to Michelle and Yasin, especially about the Society of Curiosities, is that because we talk to each other on a weekly basis, almost all the questions that I have, I've already asked her. <laughs> yes, about
0: like- other other people funny. might not know about. No, me. I
1: know, but that's just it. Nothing is coming to mind because, like, oh.
2: Uh, you have everything. Yeah, I think uh, maybe one thing to, to rei- uh, reiterate: if you haven't played our games yet, try the uh, mysterious map heist, which is a digital adventure. It's only twelve dollars, and if you decide to buy the subscription, you get twelve dollars off. So it's essentially free. Or you're gonna is hate it? us.
3: <laughs> twelve dollars, not gonna hate
2: us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we have some more projects in the works, but we can't talk about them yet.
1: Oh, fun projects.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today and amidst, you know, sitting through rain and chickens and... Uh... <laughs> well,
1: we missed the chickens. Oh.
0: We heard them.
1: I know, but they're them. gone now. I haven't heard a chicken in a long time. <laughs> Maybe they're
0: content.
3: <laughs> they're not laying eggs right now or else we would go get an egg just for
0: you, Errol. But
1: oh, that'd be nice. Break. Yeah, they're
0: taking a yeah. Like winter break. So if people would like to go find out more about Society of Curiosities, where can they go?
2: They can go to societyofcuriosities.com uh, or just Google Society of Curiosities. And uh, if you're interested into, in uh, Fairy Tale Files, you can go to fairytalefiles.com and sign up for updates. It's not available for order yet, only to, to our Kickstarter backers, but it will be very soon.
0: There Ta-da! <laughs> There it is. Ta-da. fantastic well i can't wait and the next time you guys are able to go to montreal we should we should try to plan around that and actually visit. Ooh, that would be fun. we can do a food tour and and an escape room oh. tour. Just,
1: we'll
0: i think that's essentially what we do we just eat <laughs> oh, lots of food and play wow. lots of escape rooms that sounds perfect <laughs> yeah all right well thanks again and i will talk us out Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to InverseGenius.com to find other fun podcasts just like this one. Oh, I should go to
1: InverseGenius.com. Oh, I've always been trying to do this. Oh, that's us, crumbs. There we go. There, we there go. you go.
0: There you go. Look at all the podcasts they have. They have the Party Game Cast, they have onboard games, and the Inverse Genius ones. All sorts of fun things. So do check it out. You can also email us at roomescapedivas at Uh, gmail.com. We love getting the emails. Look, it's Uh, for contacts. Wow, wow. Imagine that. (laughs) Are you you unaware of what's on our website? Maybe. Uh, You can also go to our Facebook page, click like on the Room Escape Divas Facebook page, and uh, we also hold community meetups every Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find the details on our Facebook page. Oh, hey,
1: you published something. Oh, I I didn't see this post.
0: Yeah, that's you being super quiet while everybody (laughs) else is loud. This is... This is consistent with That's Earl.
1: true to His life. The
0: wave form is freakishly small. Anyway.
1: I'm trying to find our like meetup. Why don't I see it here? But
0: look oh, at the upcoming events is. on the left. Oh. Uh, no, to the right, slightly down. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is going swimmingly.
2: <laughs> this is going swimmingly.
0: <laughs> oh, look at them all. Look at them all. So there's the Friday one. At, oh. uh, there we go. Yeah. See that? Now people can see where they can find
3: it. And if people go and they're talking random things, just hang in there. It will talk about escape rooms eventually.
1: It will. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much. <laughs> Although people sometimes,
1: their... you know, when you were talking about that beta test support group, I think there was one time there were like a number of uh creators in there and then we were all just complaining. <laughs> this is so hard. <laughs> that was fun.
0: <sighs> and if you're using Twitter you can use the hashtag Earl's doing like a live thing here (laughs) R.E. Divas What's
1: there? Oh, dear me.
0: When was the last time someone used that? I don't know. Never. For no, you no, all, I don't, look at that.
1: I, don't, I don't, um, don't know how this works. Oh, well.
0: Oh, well, we'll figure it out. Maybe we should make a Twitter someday. We could use our no, own. First I'm not going
1: to make. Who's going to? Who's going to? Oh, I got private messages. Oh, I shouldn't look at that, should I?
0: <laughs> Looking at Oreos?
1: I don't know. Well, what I don't they, understand. I was, trying, I was trying to find RE Divas. Do I? How does this work? Oh, well. Oh, well. Mm.
0: Okay, well. <laughs>